Okay. Oh my God, thank you. Uh, I literally have a glass of champagne and Shipley's donuts next to me. This is where I am with my life right now. I mean, I just ate a bunch of uh, sour gushers. Mm -hmm. And um, the problem is, even though I am the one that scheduled this, right? The one that it was like, hey, can we move to Friday night to record? I drank mm -hmm. an entire Fort Loco. I've never had a Fort Loco before. Initially, I got it for um, something else for another reason. And it was used for that reason. But then there was like most of a 40 left. So uh, while my family was watching Age of Ultron, I was sitting there sipping in Apple Four Loco and realizing that I have made terrible life choices. This feels like uh, me getting poisoned with girl boss water. <laughs> Tell everybody about your office's girl boss water. So uh, this place next to our office called like, hey, do you guys want some free samples? We have this tea and it's like good for focus and energy and we're like yeah we're all stressed out social media people oh, fuck yeah fuck yeah give us some focus and energy tea yeah that sounds great so they drop off these like sonic cups like a sonic 32 ounce cup with the good ice it looks very instagramable there's like a lot of red at the bottom and it's like a different striation they're like okay it's raspberry and coconut it's like you know not my favorite flavors but you know it was free they were nice enough to walk over here with this because we were expecting like teeny tiny Dixie cups. Nah, these are like 32 ounce cups. So, okay, well, I mean, I should try it. Uh, immediately on my first sip, it's like, okay, this is a lot of artificial sweetener. It's not bad. It's definitely not something that I would pay for, but this is a lot of artificial sweetener. It's like, okay, that's a lot of artificial sweetener. Two people pipe up and are like, this is Herbalife. Like it has to be, like, this is Herbalife. And this is where we pause in the show to say, I at least am vehemently anti-MLM. Tori has flirted with MLMs, but she mm -hmm. respects that I am vehemently against. Oh, I know not to invite you to anything. Like, here's the thing. Yes. Like, I use the whole, like, Cenogen's bullshit face stuff because I like it. Yeah. That's the only reason I renew stuff at this point in time. But, like, I'm not going to go out there and try and, like, con anybody into anything mm -hmm. because I don't want to start a cult unless it's my own idea. We've had right. this discussion before i probably have, have the ability to start a cult but i don't think i want to that's a lot of responsibility no it doesn't jim jones makes it look so easy i mean he had poison <laughs> flavorade i don't know if that's uh easy okay if that is not layoff. the most if that is not the most cancerian answer to something he made it look so easy uh <laughs> but uh, for those of you who don't know, an MLM is a multi-level marketing company, uh, basically a pyramid scheme. So it's companies like Herbalife, Mary Kay, Avon, uh, anything that has like growth tiers that sound like not real, like double black diamond. Uh, we'll link John Oliver's episode about MLMs in show notes. But um, two people probably like this is Herbalife. It's like, nah, no, no, can't be. And then I'm like, you know what? Let me look at this up. And uh, turns out it is Herbalife. It is specifically what is called a lifted tea. And it's like, what is a lifted tea? What the fuck is a lifted tea? Turns out per eight ounce serving, there is 75 milligrams of caffeine. There is L-taurine, guarana, ginseng, ginsenginoids, which sounds like a racial slur. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Sounds like a racial slur that like someone's boomer grandpa would use. 
and we were given 32 ounces for every eight ounce serving has 75 milligrams of caffeine, including mixing two caffeines. If taurine and guarana sound familiar, taurine is what makes Red Bull a thing. Mm-hmm. And guarana is in an energy drink that stopped being sold in America for a while called Balls. <laughs> I remember that. They're back. They're very hard to find because children were literally dying. I was one of those children that drank a balls when I was 14 and felt my soul leave my body. Because at 14, I still had one. But like, absolutely felt my soul leave my body. So it's not the caffeine. It's not the types of caffeine. It's the dosage and everything mixed together. Oh, and an ungodly amount of stevia. Just so much stevia. Uh, we didn't know that it was caffeinated. So we're just sipping on this girl boss water. Turns out we have, in, we have inadvertently been poisoned. Uh, one of our girls doesn't drink caffeine at all. Oh, shit. We all had to say, you need to text us when you get home. One girl was up to 2 a.m., but she says her apartment is now very clean. It's like meth. It's literally, it is girl boss meth. It's like, oh my God, what was that SNL skit that it was like crack for adults or like crack, like high functioning crack? I'll have to find the skit. There's an SNL skit about it. And it's like, it's literally that. It's girl boss meth. I got in trouble once before with friends who have been like, I don't want to see you drinking energy drinks because I had two rock stars back to back. This is back in the age of rock star. So over 10 years ago, Oh, um, I remember rock star. I showed up in Vegas, hyper as fuck. It was four in the morning and I run up to my friend and I hug her. I'm like, you look so beautiful. She looks at the girl. I drove to Vegas and goes, what did she mm-hmm. take? what did she take? And I'm like, I didn't take anything. I had a drink. And she goes, what did you drink? I'm like, I had two rock stars. She she looks over at the girl and she goes, never again. So anyhow, I um, I have energy drinks and then um, I can hear color. So normally I'm pretty okay with energy drinks, considering that I almost poisoned myself on a Red Bull that one time which is still going to be the funniest thing that ever happened to me. But I legitimately overdose on Red Bull and I never felt anything because here's the funny part. Everyone's like, oh man, like you're super hyper. Like it must be the Red Bull. And it's like, no, this is just me. Uh, So Tori, we've been uh, preambling for a while. Uh, It is February officially. Uh, Welcome to Black History Month. We are not talking about Black history today. It is also a Valentine's Day, or as I like to call it, Lupercalia, which is the day that Valentine's Day is supplanted because of Christian supremacy. Lupercalia, however, being the more superior day, where in ancient Rome, men wore the skin of wolves and chased women around while flagellating themselves and whipping the women as well in hopes of increasing their fertility. Mind you, when I say wearing the skin of wolves, they were nude everywhere else. This is also in Julius Caesar, if you remember our episode discussing that. 
or it's when weird latin kids learn about things or if Don't you do... watch uh chilling adventures of sabrina you probably know all about lubricalia i'm not gonna say that they did a good job with that but i appreciate you mentioning it that that show is such a hodgepodge of wannabe mythology and here's but the it's, thing but but it's better than riverdale it's it's silly and it's stupid and it's funny but it's like mm, you're getting a lot of the witch lore wrong you're getting well depending on your witch culture you're getting a lot of the roman mythology wrong you're getting a lot of the icelandic mythology wrong you're getting yeah anyway it's mostly just designed to be silly and funny and like oh look we're gonna make everything look like um if you grew up in an evangelical religion let's just put it that way but substitute jesus with satan that's basically chilling adventures of sabrina fair okay so uh tori would you like to tell uh, the good people what we are talking about we are talking about the book dangerous liaisons if you're transferring it into english um and we're basically mm -hmm. using it as a thinly veiled excuse to talk about cruel intentions because cruel intentions when you talk about core memory movies uh, I think that was a I think that was also like a very early bi-panic movie but I didn't know it was a bi-panic movie until later we just thought everything was sexy and we couldn't figure out why okay we're gonna talk about that but yes very that I was just like everyone is really hot and then you know a couple years later oh listen that's why you had the biggest heart on for Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then you watched this movie and you were like, she's kind of evil. Why does that make me even more? See, okay, here's the thing. I did not watch a lot of Buffy. So I think this was actually my first Sarah Michelle Gellar. Mm. So I was like, she's just hot and mean and fuck me up. Because I think like Buffy came out when I was like a child child. If I recall, like well, that's I, right. I, you're like seven years younger than me. Yeah, yeah so it came out in 1997. So I was, I was not uh, watching a lot of Buffy. I um, didn't watch the first two years of it because the first episode mm -hmm. scared the shit out of me because I was sweet, innocent, sheltered evangelical child. Mm -hmm. Um, and then two years later, after it started, my friend was like, You're gonna watch the finale of season three with me. So she mm -hmm. made me go back and watch a bunch of um, episodes that were on VHS tape. Mm -hmm. And then I fell madly in love with the show and became known as Buffy Girl in high school. So that was super fun. So I did watch Angel a little bit because uh, my former best friend was super into it, uh, which looking back should have been a red flag. Uh. David Boreanaz <laughs> was my dream man for a very long time. And then I was like, <laughs> so I forgot about david boreanaz uh i had forgotten about him you know, like when you go back and stuff. you realize that you thought heathcliff was hot and mr rochester was hot in the bronte novels and then you're like this is why i dated all the wrong people i think that's david boreanaz for most people i'm also very very shocked by his uh i don't want to call it a discography whatever it is uh why was he the Green Lantern? What? Who let him be Hal Jordan? I have, was it like a voiceover thing? Yeah. Oh, okay, because I was like, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I remember I was in the car, we were driving through LA 
and I made some joke about, oh my God, David, Bar- well, it wasn't a joke. I was seriously in love. I'm like, David Boreanaz lives somewhere around here. I read a whole thing about it in like Newsweek or some stupid shit. And my sister goes, oh yeah, I totally crashed his party last week. Keep in mind, she's like 12 at this time or something. And I go, you did not. She goes, yeah, I did. Man loves his schnapps. And everyone in the car is cracking up. And I'm like 14 years old going, why is everyone mean to me? He was in Dido's white flag music video. Mm-hmm. That didn't help. That didn't help. Okay. I loved that music video. I loved that song. I don't think I ever really saw the music video. I do remember him being in both yes i do remember bones we are not talking about the book okay so uh what are we huh (laughs) i'm not helping this week because i hate this book (laughs) i didn't say i liked the book i said i wanted to talk about cruel intentions so we are drinking champagne mine is very cheap i i tend to get the magnum of cooked champagne delivered by go puff so i'm super lazy and go puff if you want to support us let me know because I use your service like once a week at least. I'm drinking Fiesta Winery's Smile There's Bubbly. It is a carbonated wine because remember, we can't call this champagne. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it's brute. What I have is brute. Oh, I don't do brute. Brute hurts me. You like uh, Fiesta, Fiesta Winery out in uh, Fredericksburg, Texas. If you would like to sponsor us, uh, please, because this is delightful. Uh, out of a Kai Simone. Uh, glass, which is a very lovely crystal. Also, Kai Simone, a winery run by a Black combat veteran. Nice. Black female combat veteran. Even better. Out in uh, the hill country as well. Kai Simone, if you would like to sponsor us, sign me the fuck up. Uh, They made the best sparkling rosé I've ever had. Kai Simone, can we just bask in your presence for like five minutes even? Oh, we should go. It's such a cute place. We should go. I think you'd love it. You, me, and Amber. We just need to go wine stuff. I need to hang out with Amber. Oh, I think you'd love her. Uh, it's absolutely yes. amazing. And I'm like, I'm kind of, it's it's funny because it's like the way that I feel about Amber is the way my sister feels about you. Like <laughs> she's intimidated, but she wants to meet you, but she's scared she's going to make an idiot of herself. Like this oh is the God. conversation we've had before. She's like, I want to meet Amanda. I'm like, well, come to my house during a party. Like when we're doing something like a responsible party, which right. listen, it's, what is it? We're going into year three of COVID, which I hate, but. Listen, it's pretty much endemic now, YOLO says the vaccinated boosted person i mean same uh uh, anyway but yeah we're drinking champagne or sparkling wine actually fun fact uh champagne the industry took down one of my designs on redbubble because champagne is still very much trademarked oh those wars that design has been up for like three years i remember the the taylor swift one getting removed I was so mad that you still have that sticker. I still have that sticker. I found it the other day when I was like organizing my desk. Um, I just saved myself from saying what I was going to say, but organizing my desk. And um, I, I'll tell you later. Um, and I found the sticker and I was like, oh my God, this is from when Amanda got it taken down and I had to make sure to order it before it got taken down. I remember that. I now have some questions, but we need to talk about this book. Uh, it is very French. Very very it's french so french 
And, uh, you know, to be perfectly honest, I don't think any of you are going to like it. Here's it is, the, here's the yes. thing. The concept of it, if you're, you're thinking about it, like if you watched Cruel Intentions when you were in high school or later on, you're like, that's kind of hot, but, you know, morally sus. And then you mm-hmm. read the book and you're like, holy shit, how did this get published? Why are people evil? You know, I I don't even want to give it that much credit. I feel like, so remember when I had that conversation a while ago about like not being able to relate to a lot of books because it's about white people and white people problems. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is one of those books that like for humanity, like it is so hard to relate to any of these characters because they're just so trash. Well, we're also not rich and can't avoid consequences because we have a lot of money and are Parisian. Do, do the French not face consequences? Um, not there... the ones that are this rich. I was like, do the... <laughs> I was like, do the French not face consequences? This this felt like reading a book about the British royal family getting away with shit until like the end. Did you know that the Queen can uh, commandeer anyone's swans? Yeah. I wish I didn't know that, but I do know that. Yeah, so the queen can just like say, hey, that's a nice swan you have there. Be a shame if it became mine. Be a shame if something happened to that swan. Okay, so uh, spoiler alert as we head into uh, the show. I was quickly trying to sneaky look up a Black romance uh, to read because it is still Black History Month and I would like to do an African-American romance. However, the only thing that I keep getting are like Zane novels. And for African-Americans, Zane is the equivalent of Danielle Steele. I remember having to shelve both Danielle Steele and Zane novels when I worked at Barnes and Noble and being like, I mean, that's kind of hot, but I also don't want to read this. And I, and that is not slander against Zane. I know that she fills a niche and she fills it well, but God damn. Fills a niche. I, the, wording, I, the wording was very intentional the wording was very intentional she does fill a niche um i remember reading one when i was a kid and i was way too young uh and it just being like one of the least sexy things i'd ever read and then like my aunt was trying to get on me about like fan fiction and shit and it's like you read actual porn all the time like these are all that are 50 shades of gray like you don't get to say shit sorry i couldn't you don't even get make to it say past it. the first God 15 pages of 50 shades like remember uh, when we had to read it when we got I likes do. and i read like parts of it and it hurt so bad because it's not good no and i mean there is some good fan fiction out there there's some really good fan fiction out there mm-hmm. but this was not one of them i will agree with you Uh, Do you want to get into the book as I continue to try to look for African-American novels in some way, form, or fashion and watch you suffer? Yes. Okay. So we have two very bored aristocrats, right? They're writing- Incredibly. So bored. I'm like, get a hobby, solve something, volunteer for your community. What the fuck? Anyway, they're writing to each other from their perspective drawing rooms. One Mm -hmm. lives in a Parisian a little chateau on a huge estate- in the countryside outside Paris, which is Valmont. Um, mm-hmm. The other lives in this very, very nice house inside Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she's the marquise and she's just like kind of a dick anyway mm-hmm. bump uglies with each other they don't anymore but they're so bored that they've decided that they want to destroy someone's life so the Marquis mm-hmm. de Mertiel decides that she and her former lover, Vicomte de Valmont, are going to play a little bit of a game. The Marquise knows this girl named Cecile Valence, and I'm sorry I'm butchering all of these names, Amanda. Um, You're not doing that bad. And Cecile is a super good girl. Like, she has literally just left a convent mm-hmm. so she can get married to a man named Comte de Gercoux. And the only mm-hmm. thing Cecile has ever done to the Marquise is to get to be engaged to the Comte who she wants to mess with right yes we have this sweet innocent girl we have this main man in society and we have this woman who just wants to fuck with them so Mm -hmm. she tells the Vicomte to get in there and seduce and ruin the reputation of Cecile by debauching her and creating a huge scandal to her and her fiance ruining basically Mm -hmm. their whole lives so the Vicomte is not super big into the idea because right now he's already planning to go after this girl who's the super chaste wife of a member of parliament. Her name is Presidente de Torvel, which is weird mm-hmm. to me. Her name's Presidente. Anyway, um, he's not into refusing challenges though. So he's like, you know what? I'll, I'll do it just because I'm not going to tell you no. And to mm-hmm. make it more exciting, he says, if I can get written proof that I've slept with Presidente, the Marquis, you, you're gonna, or Marquise, you're gonna have to sleep with me. And like they've slept together before, so whatever. Yeah. Um, um, she says, "Hey, well, in the book they say, you know, you have to yield to me, but we all mm-hmm. read between the lines. We know that that just means sex, okay? Mm-hmm. So our good girl Cecile has been presented to society, and she ends up meeting a man named Chevalier Dancy, and he's pretty cute. He becomes her music teacher. He's probably not super age appropriate." Um, Mm -hmm. and with some pushing by the Marquise, the two fall in love because she's like, I'm going to add a little bit of a challenge here for Valmont. And Valmont is out on his aunt's super nice country estate, still trying to get into Presidency's pants and trying to get her to even acknowledge he's there. And he's trying Mm -hmm. every trick he knows. He's trying to swindle her, but there's Mm -hmm. nothing, no response. Like she'll basically say, hey, and walk away. And he finds out that this is because Cecile's mom, Madame Valange, is writing to Presidente all this time and has some pretty bad, but true, things to say about Valmont. Mm-hmm. And Valmont steals the letters, reads them, and he's so mad that he's like, well, now I'm just going to seduce Cecile to get revenge on her mom because right. Valmont basically ends up raping Cecile. Um, he finds out about this whole thing with her and dancing, and he tries to do his own weird teacher-student thing with her. Um, mm-hmm. so basically she's innocent she's young she doesn't understand that this is inappropriate which is why we call mm-hmm. it rape um so while she is seeking this love of danse she's having sex with Beaumont pretty much every night and he looks right. like he's a very good sweet teacher to Cecile so President is like oh that's so sweet so she falls for Beaumont but Beaumont mm-hmm. screws up and falls in love with Presidente so Cecile's fiance yes. appears to have completely disappeared from this entire equation i don't mm-hmm. i don't even get into that anyway marquise is pissed because she knows she knows that this is going to happen right she knows that she's going to lose so she starts to taunt valmont for falling in love with presidente instead of just seducing her and he is mm-hmm. royally pissed off and decides to leave presidente with no explanation to try and keep his reputation as a womanizer intact um mm-hmm. so having a very rough night of sex with Beaumont and has a miscarriage of Beaumont's baby which 
what the fuck? Anyway, things turn super shit for everyone. Presidente decides she's going to go to a convent where she dies of grief and shame for her love of Valmont. The Marquise and Valmont go to war with each other. Um, Darcy finds out that Valmont basically raped his girlfriend and ruined her life. He challenges Valmont to a duel and wins. Valmont gives him correspondence between himself and the Marquise to kind of clear his name. And everyone finds mm-hmm. out an absolutely terrible shit person and she has to flee Paris. Cecile says, fuck all of this and returns to a convent to become a nun. What did I just read? Well, um, you read the French. I think one of my favorite things about reading this whole thing was that this Mm -hmm. book was basically considered to be as vile as the works of the Marquis de Sade. And I've read a lot of the Marquis de Sade, like a a lot. Uh, Fun fact, that was my beach read when I was in Maui, was an illustrated history of the Marquis de Sade. Fun fact also, if you're wearing all black and reading, an illustrated history of the Marquis de Sade. No one fucks with you on the beach. That's fair. Just no one. No one bothers you. So I, I also read say, Interview with the Vampire. Yes. Oh, I remember doing that. Um, there's no, there's no uh, poop play, I will say. Um, like there is in Marquis de Sade's works. Um, nobody mm-hmm. gets tied up as far as I remember, like the Marquis de Sade. But anyhow um it's this book is rough this book is rough I was like oh I remember like this story I'll just read it and I'm going nope mm -mm, nope no yeah it's uh it's not fun and if you are one of those people like me who was an idiot and it went from cruel intentions to this you are very confused and most importantly you are very bored because here's the thing with cruel intentions at least for the most part the wicked get punished the innocent learn a lesson but like you find out basically in cruel intentions, and we get to see like, ryan Phillippe's ass yes and like reese witherspoon doesn't have a horrible life at the end of it she doesn't have to go back to a convent like no it's a or well or doesn't die in a convent rather um from yeah. shame and remorse like right we get this feeling that, you know, somebody dies, somebody gets punished, but like the good girls kind of can get on with their lives. You know, they mm-hmm. can kind of move on. And I, I don't know if that was just us 90s moralizing or if it was like, yeah, no, we don't want to do this again. We don't want to. We have a whole section to talk about cruel intentions. Uh, let's try to do a little bit of theming as we continue to violently express our disdain for this book. <laughs> okay. I mean, am I wrong though? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, Normally I like can find something nice to say about a book and I can in this case. So I'm going to go ahead and start with the bottom, usually said during sex. Uh, This, yes. Nothing, I'm just covering my mouth so I don't laugh (laughs) into the microphone. Uh, This is an epistolary novel. We have said this approximately 5,011 times. It is written in letters. If that floats your boat, Excellent. If it doesn't, I apologize. <laughs> like I wrote the fucking book. Like, like I'm covering for this book for some reason. 
So something that we get a lot of the feeling on in this is also war. So where the book is set, we have this battle going on in Corsica in the background, and it's used as this metaphor. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like um, any of the battles you have in like Hamlet in the background with Ford and Bross and stuff where they're kind of like supposed to highlight what's going on inside the text emotionally. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the Val- so Valmont and the Marquise are frequently at each other's throats and using a lot of tactics that you'd find in war, you know, calling each other out for things, you know, threatening each other, mm-hmm. putting basically collateral damage out on the field. Like mm-hmm. they're they're trying to ruin each other's lives under the guise of being like, but we're cool. We're cool. We're cool. It almost feels like a meeting yeah. of the UN. Right. And um some of the real uh subtext behind this is that likely during this time the Seven Years War was going on, uh, which was a seven year war that was actually not seven years long, uh, between basically Spain, England, France, and all of their associated lands, uh, mostly naval combat, which is amazing, and extended into what historians call the First World War, which ended up being not just the Seven Years War, but the War of 1812. Which now, your brain automatically goes do every yes. time. Like you can't stop it. Now, what I love most about the War of 1812 is that Canada burned the White House down. Uh, We talk a lot of shit about Canadians, not we as Tori and I. We have nothing negative to say about Canada. Uh, We quite like you and your people. But Americans- We don't like the Indian schools or the Native Native schools, just like we have the ones in the US. So we can't, yeah, but at least Canada has acknowledged. Them. Yeah, at least y'all have acknowledged that this is an issue. Ours yeah. is still like tr- people trying to make money off of the fact that they have natives in their schools. And I'm like, um, or you could just let people live their Victoria, lives. Victoria, we have a book in America called A Birthday Cake for Mr. Washington, in which George Washington's slaves make him a birthday cake because he's such a good slave owner. I still remember all the conversations in kindergarten you know, he chopped down a cherry tree. He did not chop down a fucking cherry tree. That is he did a not. fake story. It is. Um, he didn't have wooden teeth. He had teeth made from the teeth of other slaves that he had on his property that got made into his own dentures. And some hippopotamus. And some hippopotamus. Um, like that saves him. Some hippopotamus. Uh, okay, so the War of 1812, uh, Canada burned our shit down. Also, there was an admiral there named Admiral Cockburn, and he said to remove all of the C's and the K's from the printing presses so they could not mispronounce or misspell his name. (laughs) That is a man who understands that he is the butt of every joke. Mm, These are things that I know. Uh, Thank you to... uh, Oh my God, it was that one history show that Shane and Ryan did before they did The Watcher. Mm, we'll have to link it. Not yeah, I can't history. remember. No, it's not Puppet History. It was the other one that they did beforehand. I we'll know what you're talking about because I can imagine the Hulu logo, but I can't imagine what it's called. Yeah, we'll, we'll link it in show notes. But um, so that's war. Uh, religion used against the good. So mm-hmm. probably around this time, there was, if I recall, and I'm just checking my math here. 
Oh my God, let me Google a name. I am not even drunk. Um, so there would have been a tiny little man named Voltaire hanging around, speaking a lot of things, including that we are incredibly free as human beings. And he wasn't so much a God is dead kind of guy, but getting very, very, very close to God is dead. Like remarkably close to God is dead. Okay, uh, so I wasn't wrong. His last words were when a priest asked him on his deathbed to renounce Satan, he says, now my good man, it is not the time to be making new enemies. Yeah, so he was- about Voltaire. Yeah, so he was like, not exactly God is dead, but he wasn't exactly eager to like, the only analogy I have is incredibly vulgar, so I'm just gonna run with it. He was not eager to suck God's dick. This is what happens when you record at night and you give me champagne. Oh yeah, or for uh, loco. And anyway. also he wrote Candide, a book that I'm definitely not gonna make you read because we hated this one and you will hate Candide. Now I have to read it. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, so religion used against the good. Also like at the time, it was just very, very funny to make fun of people. Like the French were huge satirists and they still kind of are, but it's easy to pick on the righteous. Um, it was one of the big things with like Christianity and stuff like that is that it's so, especially in the early days, not so much anymore. If anyone says that Christians are being persecuted in the U.S., they're fucking liars. If I hear one more person in the U.S. say that Christians are persecuted here, that is not true. Are there places that Christians are probably still persecuted? Mm -hmm. Eh, sure. There's also places where Uyghurs are put into concentration camps and other ethnic minorities are slaughtered. There's a ton of assimilation and just cultural genocide of other Indo-ethnic religions, Christians are fine. Most of the time when people say that Christians are in peril, it is because we are in a place we do not belong. What I find really interesting, so I have heard some families of like, um, I had a friend from Lebanon who had an issue with a family member who was killed and left on somebody's porch um, for being a Christian. Yes. But it's not really gonna happen to you if you live in Mississippi yeah um starbucks having a green colored cup at christmas is not violating your rights so there is an h bomber guy video about the war on christmas and it is one of the best pieces of like media i've seen in a while uh this is my only contribution to the show is watch is sending people to watch people's videos oh, <laughs> that is my contribution to the show it's here are all these other things that make up the five references amanda can make um we also need to talk about the value of getting an education. We're kind of light on the theming and the symboling just because there's not really much in here that I feel like we haven't already beat to death. Right. There's uh, some so, horses and we've been hitting them for a while. Yeah, this is this is not false. Um, also, this it's Black History Month and there are no Black people here, so we're kind of glancing over it. White people, you've had an entire like millennia or several to be dominant. Now we glance over your history. So something that's interesting I found about this is that religion used against the good and getting an education kind of tied together. So yes. we have multiple characters who are very sweet and very innocent and have always been taught, you know, listen to men, listen to uh, men who have more power and can control you because they will lead you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. and 
obviously in this case that's not right and not mm-hmm. true um, mm-hmm. we have people who've come straight out of a convent mm-hmm. so their whole life has been be meek be mild follow the will of the man who is going to lead you mm-hmm. and that's all that they've known and so they get out there and they have teachers who are like and, and in in um, Cecil's case she has one teacher was like legitimately looking out for her it seems like but still mm-hmm. seducing her and then you have one that's basically just like no we're gonna have sex every night so I can teach you something and it's it's really fucked up because you see that in a lot of cases we also see it the other way too you know we had the whole Mary Kay Letourneau thing in the United States but there tends to be more we're going, we're going deep cut tonight Tori there this tends is- to be more of a recording of men using religion as power to dominate women so right and that also has a much more historical precedence um I went to a Catholic school and they taught me a lot of Catholic things. And one of the Catholic things that I was taught is that men are usually correct and that Mary Magdalene was a whore. Um, <laughs> those are the things that I was taught. Which is wrong historically and you know that. Right. Uh, so I was watching a documentary on uh, John the Apostle because I don't know, I was in a Christian mood. Uh, said said best by a lapsed catholic i was feeling christian uh is there meant to be so much homoeroticism in christianity or is that just like either brain rot or i'm insane you're not insane i think there is this subtext like we're not we're not supposed to intentionally read it but i think Mm. human beings aren't always 100% straight. I think we, I think sexuality is very fluid. I think sometimes we describe people that we are attracted to in a very different way than we would someone we're not. And I think we're not always aware of it. So there are parts of the Bible and parts of a lot of the saint stories that you're going, oh, oh, oh my, oh no. That's like from a different perspective from like a hundred years later, you're going, uh, okay like we have this whole very interesting thing in the united states where um puritans like if you go back and you read some of the puritan case trials and things like that mm-hmm. you'll find um there are multiple cases where women were clearly in sexual relationships with each other and were caught but weren't mm-hmm. killed because it was oh women are are weak willed and don't understand and you know they're this is just a woman's mm-hmm. failing but then if a guy did it they would be executed mm-hmm. so it, it's this whole thing of like we have always had people who are homosexual we always have we've always had people who are transgender we've always had people who don't align with the set sexuality and what is considered okay on the spectrum for mm-hmm. that time period mm-hmm. But usually those stories are shut down and hidden and pretended they don't exist. Or we mm-hmm. get like these cautionary tales, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. You have Oscar Wilde and you have the whole like portrait of Dorian Gray, which is supposed to be a cautionary tale about like, you know, don't um, give in to your vices and stuff like that. You can tell how close he is with that dude. 
you know and we find out later you know like oh you know oscar wilde was gay and he was living a gay relationship and you know he went to prison for it Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be this whole moralizing thing of like well you know he was punished for his sexy sinful ways and it's like the difference between that and this is in those contexts you have a relationship that is um is approved it's it's i can't think of the word right now consensual it's a consensual mm-hmm. relationship in this in this book cecile and valmont it's not really a consensual relationship mm-hmm. he's forcing himself upon her telling mm-hmm. her that he's teaching her you know like he's mm-hmm. he's using his power against her it's kind of like the whole bill clinton thing when we were growing up where it's like hey you know monica Lewinsky, like everybody made her out to be a slut but if you were a you know an intern in the white house and this man with a lot of power was suddenly like hey you should uh, do sexy things with me you mm-hmm. probably wouldn't say no because that is the man with the most power in the united states and you would be scared mm-hmm. to say no mm-hmm. right i was just talking about power dynamics with a friend get out of my head there's mostly uh-huh. champagne in here uh get out of my head there's mostly champagne channeling here. through our champagnes evidently yeah so there is some stuff in here that is of merit i don't think enough uh to keep us from not skipping over it so we can talk about cruel intentions uh tori would you like to tell us a little bit more about the author which i'm very excited to see you pronounce this name as i eat a donut i'm gonna fuck up this name so just everybody be cool um Mm -hmm. pierre ambroy francois chaudelaires de la cause la close i don't know Anyway, Pierre Ambrose Francois Poderot de Lacroix. Lacroix? Okay. So he was born in in the Kingdom of France in October 18th, 1741. Supposedly Mm -hmm. he's a Libra. Um, I just looked that shit up because I'm bored. Anyway. I was like, um, what is that note? We were talking about the Seven Years' War. So this kind of ties into this. He served in the Seven Years' War at the Ah. end and he was a lieutenant. Um, so mm-hmm. his postings took him all around and um, he was painfully bored while he was doing all this because like we said, end of the war, like things mm-hmm. are just getting wrapped up. So he starts using his free time to write poems, librettos, novels. Um, he ended up making an artillery school in Valence and Napoleon Bonaparte was actually one of his students, which I find mm-hmm. fascinating. Um, he was a Freemason and made a really big speech in front of a bunch of big wigs that were tied into Freemasonry that women mm-hmm. should be allowed to be Freemasons. Now, if you're tied into any of that at all, you know that there are different divisions like Order of the Eastern Star, Daughters of the Nile, stuff like that. But women are still not allowed to be Freemasons. So let me just- Yes. Um, but they can join uh, the Sisters of the Republic or the Daughters of the Confederacy if they are white and racist. Yeah, you, you, know, you don't want to be part of that. Don't, don't be part of that. You're better than that. You're better than that. You're really better than that. Remember how the Daughters of the Confederacy ruined the Alamo? <laughs> I never saw the, the Alamo until they, they took over it because I went to California. But they ruined the narrative. So here's the funny thing is I didn't really look at any of this stuff. I went there, um, one, because I wanted to see the chapel which mm-hmm. if you ever are around me and I talk about bad energies and crying about certain places where oppressive things have happened, it'll go into a whole thing about me crying about energies, but um, which makes me sound so fucking new age. But anyway, going into the long barracks, the reason I went into that because evidently Phil Collins donated a bunch of stuff and I found a lock of Davy Crockett's hair 
And uh, when I was in 10th grade, and you've probably heard this if you've listened to our show for any length of a time, um, mm-hmm. we had a test in class. And one of the questions, um, the answer was Davy Crockett. And I drew hearts around it. And when the teacher was having us go through to like correct our, our essays and stuff and our, our tests, she goes, who is the person? And I go, Davy, Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier, and my heart. And um yeah, my friends never let me live that down. Um, I thought it was- I'm never going to let you live that down. Don't. Just letting you know. I mean, I was sitting there tracing hearts over the woodcutting of him in our book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really fun reading American textbooks after you've read like the actual case histories of stuff and going, that's not, that's not really what happened. Yeah. Um, just always remember the Alamo was a battle over slavery. Uh, and then we kicked their ass in the most Texan way at the Battle of San Jacinto, which is taller than the Washington Monument, because fucking Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that all sounds about right. Uh, I do also want to hearken on that uh, this book was banned in 1824, as you mentioned, and this does very much feel like uh, the Marquis de Sade and his works. Um, for as liberal as France wanted to be, they were also very much still a Catholic nation. So the full title isn't just Dangerous Liaisons, it's Dangerous Liaisons or Letters Collected in One Section of Society and Published for the Education of Other. So basically, like, don't do what the rich people do. Um, what's interesting mm-hmm. is if you look at, you know, it was published in 1782. And if you look by the, at the publishing firm name, it's literally Pierre's last name. So I have a feeling it might have been self-published or by his family. Um, He ended up dying of dysentery or malaria. They're not sure some disease that made you super sick and probably shit yourself. Um, So he's actually buried in a fort that's Fort de Lacios and his burial tomb was evidently destroyed and his bones at some point in time were tossed in the sea. So well, damn, here we go. Into the sea. Fuck you into the sea. <laughs> okay. So I feel like we need to talk about every other adaptation that isn't cruel intentions because we're going to spend the most time on cruel intentions. So there's actually a lot. There's a stage mm-hmm. play, there's books that retell it, including one from 2013 that's completely done in tweets, which I kind of have. Is to it like YOLO it. Juliet? Yes, it's very similar to that. Um, there have been many mir- miniseries, many radio plays, multiple television show references. And uh, the one with Keanu Reeves and Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. There's also a Korean one called Untold Scandal. Um, but the one that we know the best and that probably ruined our fragile little brains as junior high and high school students was Cruel Intentions. So Cruel Intentions is loosely based off of Dangerous Liaisons. I think it has most of the framework. Uh, there's a little bit more incest. <laughs> there's a bit more incest. Yeah, so Cruel Intentions. I recall in the original. <laughs> Ryan Felipe's character and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's characters are yes. brother and stepsister. So yes. it's like when he's like, yeah, you're going to have to sleep with me. And she's like, because she goes, I'm going to give you what you've want, ever, wanted ever since our parents got married. And it's like, Ugh, no, gross. I've had step siblings. It's not, no, no. Yeah, but like, you also kind of want them to do it because they're both hot. 
Like, I think for me, this is like peak. These people are so hot. Like every single person in this movie is so fucking hot. I mean, Selma we have baby Selma Blair. We have right. baby Selma Blair in this. Yeah, we have baby Selma Blair. Sorry, I said Selma Hayek. Champagne. We have baby Blair. Selma Blair. We have Sarah Michelle Geller at like peak haircut, mean, smolder, resting bitch face. We have baby Reese Witherspoon. She was so pretty in this. I mean, so she's pretty. Still pretty, she's, but I'm she's like, so gorgeous. Oh. And she's we had Rob. We had Ryan Phillippe, which if you want to like draw a Venn diagram of like fictional men and real men, like young Amanda was attracted to, Ryan Felipe is in the center. Didn't he and Reese Witherspoon get married after this movie? I thought they dated briefly because of the movie. And then I think they had a pretty bad breakup, but like they're chill about it now. Oh, and Joshua Jackson was in it at the time. We he were like, was. oh, Dawson's great. Yeah, like they're just everyone in this movie was so fucking hot. Uh, so you get some of the intrigue it's set in a high school which normally I think is a bad idea but I think for this it works because it takes down some of the stakes like it isn't about like international intrigue it's just dumb kids being dumb um, like this sans some of the drama makes so much sense for dumb yuppie rich white kids the best part is too is that their names are the same except for um presidente is a net instead yes um cecile is still cecile but she's got a real last name mm-hmm. um ryan felipe's last character is balmont um uh, is uh geller's last name in it like so and we even had i did forgot tara reed was in this movie tara i forgot tara reed was movie. a thing how did we forget about tara reed like i kind of want to hug her and just be like it's not your fault it's hollywood but I almost felt that way about Thandi Newton, but then she said some colorist stuff, and now I don't feel bad about her. You're like, fuck it. Oh, colorism. It's the gift that has never given anyone anything. Uh, (laughs) But Cruel Intentions is just, so I really, really love that it took the stakes down to like dumb kids in high school. Uh, I love that. I think that was a good adaptational choice uh everyone is very attractive oh Just, yeah like there's not another person is, in this movie everyone is so attractive in this movie uh it made one of my favorite songs a thing which is bittersweet symphony by the verve uh it gave me one of my favorite scenes of all time which is that ending scene where sebastian's fuck me i'm angry book his fan fiction gets published and everyone's reading it and everyone suddenly hates uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character and they find out that she does coke in a little cross. And oh my gosh, the cross thing was my favorite. The cross thing filled with coke. And like you get, like everyone is doing like peak 90s acting and there's just like one kid in the back just like shaking her head like with the most vigor. Like she was an extra, but she was in it to win it that day. You know what's great is that that cross has been sold so many times, like versions of it. Um, let me see if I can. I would wear it. it. I would. I would honestly wear that cross. Like I think all of us in the '90s were like, I don't want to do coke, but I want that necklace. Like mm-hmm. it's 
I'm sorry. I'm like, there's like a whole article from Thrillist about how it's this iconic teen rebellion symbol from mm. the 90s. And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just makes me so happy. But um, I also just love how like blatantly like over sex stuff this was like very, very, like very casual talks of oral and anal, like just so so sexed up this was a horny movie every part of this movie is there just is so a website just so you know that's called cruelintentionsnecklace.com i wish i was kidding i don't think you are i mean literally the whole thing it says keep your snuff hidden within your cross like what this is the greatest movie that God has ever made. Authentic rosary stash cross necklace from the film. Please, I need that. I need that for my birthday. I'm I love that. It, I'm putting it in our references. Because <laughs> so it's a great reference. There was another actor in here who was very attractive. Why is Christine... <laughs> Why is... No, it's that girl. It's that woman from, I think it's, is it the one that I think it is? She's in the Mamma Mia and in How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the slutty one. Um, uh, Berinsky. Berinsky? Yeah. She's in Cruel Wait, hang on. I also, I also love that I described her as the slutty one and I was not technically wrong. Christine Berinsky. Yeah. She's like yeah. who my husband would sleep with if he had the option. I'm not kidding. I, mean, I love that maybe like, in um, every Steve movie. Virgin. Okay. I love that like in every movie she is a slutty one and like but she owns it. Oh yeah, and she's really good at it. She's yeah. Oh my god, her and how the Grinch stole Christmas. I don't even like that movie, but like fuck. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about Eric Mabius. I was so into him in the 90s. I think he was in like a he was in Resident Evil. He was in the Crow Salvation, which is why I know who he is. Um yeah, this is kind of ridiculous. There were so many people in the 90s movies that I was just like, I mean, maybe my sweet little innocent self could like find him someday when he's no longer famous. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and I live in Texas now, so that's never happening. Yeah, but okay. Basically, the moral of the story is watch Cruel Intentions. Uh, I cannot in good faith say it's a great movie. It is definitely way too long. I haven't seen it in probably 15 years. Okay, if this episode does a hundred plays in a week, we live tweet cruel intentions. I mean, I'm down. Right, like that's a punishment. Right, like I'm hurting oh, no. us. Oh no, we have to watch that horny movie with actors and actresses that we all think are hot. Uh, I wonder if you can rent that location that everyone fucked in. Uh. <laughs> is that not is that not what it is it's is just that not every place in europe that's an airbnb at this point i that's what i was saying i hope it's an airbnb so it's the old westbury gardens in nassau county new york it's like the big fancy uh gardens where i'm pretty sure they fucked in a pool i think it's where they fucked in a pool uh I'm like looking up. I'm like, can you? Can I Airbnb this place and see where they fucked in the pool? Supposedly they're temporarily closed, but that also might just be because it's uh, eight o'clock at night. 
well, yes. Uh, this movie was panned by critics. critics oh, they hated it. Hated they hated this it. movie. They hated this movie so much. And there are also two sequels. One was a jukebox musical. What? There were sequels? There's two. Where have I been? They're bad. They're bad. So there's a prequel that came out in 2000. There's a sequel in 2004. And a jukebox musical in 2015 that was on Broadway. What? (sighs) Okay. But Cruel Intentions as a jukebox musical? Sign me. Four of the score's songs were Every You, Every Me, Love Fool, Bittersweet Symphony, and Amy Mann's You Could Make a Killing. Fuck yes. Give me this musical. Is that where the song Every You and Every Me came from? Because I love Placebo. Like I was obsessed in high school. So it was in the original movie, and that's why I have it on my phone because I liked it. Bittersweet Symphony, of course, love it. Love Fool, which is the song that I said would be my auto-gynophilic anthem, and you did not question me at all when I said, is it weird to have an auto-gynophile anthem? And you were like, it's fine. And I don't think that that makes you a good friend, but I also think it makes you an excellent friend. (laughs) That I said, I have a Buffalo Bill auto-gynophile anthem, and you rolled with it. Listen, because I also listen to Goodbye Horses on a regular basis for fun. So, like, that would just be being a major hypocrite. Like, I'm just saying. When I was in burlesque back in the day, my friend would listen to the whole Here Comes Mama thing um, from Mm -hmm. um, To Wong Fu. And I would listen to Goodbye Horses by Q Lazarus when I got ready. And we were on the completely opposite side of everyone else when we were getting our makeup ready because they were all mm-hmm. listening to Britney Spears and we mm-hmm. were getting ready to me going, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Like, this is this is why she okay. pretty much bailed out after our performances because nobody knew what was wrong with our heads. Okay, so I don't normally would, wa- I would normally would not want to uh, go into a full... Uh, discussion about this only because uh, this will derail, derail, derail. Haven't had champagne in a while. Derail us, but I think that the listeners and you need to know what the musical numbers were for Cruel Intentions, the jukebox musical. Are you ready for a roller coaster? Bring it, bring it. Act one: Every you, every me by Placebo. I am the only one. Melissa Etheridge, Genie in a Bottle, Christina Aguilera. Just a girl, no doubt. I want it that way. The Backstreet Boys, Kiss Me, Six Piece, None the Richer, Love Fool, The Cardigans, Sex and Candy, Marcy Playground. I want it that way. Backstreet Boys, Interchange with Bye 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 in Sync, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Deep Blue Something, No Scrubs, TLC, Only Happy When It Rains, Garbage, and the Act One Melody. Transitioning into Act Two, I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. My mom would play that Boys to Men CD in our car when we were driving. That and the entire soundtrack to The Bodyguard. So I know 
all of those Whitney Houston songs. I know yes. all of those Backstreet Boy songs. Yes. All the John Michael Montgomery songs that yes. were at the time. And people yep. are like, how do you know that? I'm like, you don't you don't want to know the PTSD yep. I'm living through. Oh, we're not done. That's just the first song of Act Two. Interchanged with Two Become One by the Spice Girls. Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. Oh my gosh, we used to sing that at karaoke with the like sign language. Yes. Colorblind by the Counting Crows. Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Foolish Games by Jewel. Bitch by Meredith Brooks. Or Losing My Religion by R.E.M. You Can Make a Killing by Amy Mann. Rounding up with Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. I just don't know what to do because I feel like I listened to all of those songs constantly in the 90s. And didn't know what they meant because I was a kid, but like, listen to all the songs. Like, you know how many times I sang the song "Bitch" in the car with my mom, and I now I understand why it was uncomfortable for her. But at that point in time, I was like, I don't understand why you're upset about. Do you know how many of these songs that now just make me cringe? Oh yeah. If I have to listen to "Breakfast at Tiffany's" one more time, I am stabbing someone in the eye. I remember asking my mom what I'll make love to you meant and her being like they're just kissing (laughs) and um getting older and being like no they weren't mom my poor mom like she's she's trying to raise my sister and I like by herself and we're like I'll make love to you like you want me to and she's probably like oh god what have I done See, and I was that kid whose dad just gave them an entire encyclopedia on the Sicilian mafia and then a book about how they assassinated Malcolm X and the physician's desk reference and said, have fun. I feel like we were talking about this earlier this week and we're both we like, were. oh yeah, we were reading books we weren't supposed to be reading at our age. We and were. Like, critiquing people who were like banning mouse were like, calm down. Yeah, Listen. that's definitely not the worst thing. I would rather y'all ban like the Great Gatsby or something. Oh my god. I mean, it would save a lot of heartache in high school. But I'm also just trying to imagine like who is singing what song and all of these. And if I don't get Love Fools sung by Sebastian Belmont, I will riot. <laughs> I need Love Fools sung by Sebastian Belmont. I wonder if Ryan Phillippe is on Cameo. I'm going to pay him money to sing Love Fool. Anyways, uh, what? So my my um my daughter was talking about one of these things the other day. And like now my brain just went out the window because all I could think of was Ryan Phillippe and Cameo. And it was a problem. Like every once in a while, she'll be like, hey. I want to read this thing or do this thing. And I'm like, go for it. Like, I don't care. I'll explain it to you if you want me to. But then we get to that moment where I'm like, how do you know what that is? What did you look Mm -hmm. up? Like, because I don't, I, the hard thing is like, you know, I'm the mom, but I'm the stepmom. So it's like, I want to be cool and explain things. But then at the same time, I don't want to be like where my sister stole my mom's copy of the joy of sex and read it in a 10th grade classroom during silent reading and got suspended for the day. So Feel like that would be me well also knowing my daughter she would be like i shouldn't do this i don't think i want to get in this level of trouble i was about to say i feel like your daughter's pretty level-headed she's uh, okay so, hard. so we have some resources uh 
the Encyclopedia Britannica, which is still a colonist uh, colonizer manifesto. Wikipedia, please give them money so they don't have to do NFTs. Uh, IMBD, I need that cocaine necklace. I'm including it, man. I'm also including the stuff about the old Westbury Gardens. I would like that. Oh my God, I need this cocaine necklace. What's so funny is I don't think you or I would ever do cocaine, like because we don't respond no. well to energy drinks. So like no. I can't imagine cocaine. You can pick the stone. You can get garnet or you can get pearl. You can also get a black onyx. Hmm. I didn't see that part. You can pick the stone. Well, for some reason, when you said you can pick the stone, my brain is like piggy dipping, and it's a whole Okay, real talk. I'm putting fun dip in this bitch. Oh my God. I can just imagine you at work, like <laughs> dipping in, sucking it up, and people being like, oh my God, Amanda has a cocaine problem. <laughs> no, I, I have a fun dip problem. <laughs> fun dip and pixie sticks in this bitch immediately. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're not allowed to record at night. <laughs> I mean, but this is also why we should record at night. We should record at night occasionally because now I get to sleep in and finish off this bottle of champagne. I mean, finish off this glass just in case my therapist is listening. Does your therapist listen to our podcast? I don't think he does. I mean, like if he did, I would be concerned because like you wouldn't even have to say anything. You just show up to your session. I feel like you would just like, he'd just press the sad bitch button. Oh, my wellness app has a sad bitch button really so i started this wellness app called finch it's basically called the bird i have it uh, i have my baby on here right here yeah so i started finch i really like it because like the goals are really really small uh so like one of the goals i had today was literally survive the day and i did so if you track oh hold on oh, we're sharing each other's like little yes. birds on <laughs> okay ours both have top hats i don't like that why do ours both have top hats? What the fuck? Mine is non-binary. <laughs> Mine's a female named Mochi and has a top hat and a black rubber duck and her belly is pink. I know you're surprised that mine's name is Loki. I'm, you know what? There are a lot of things that I've been surprised about. I'm going to go ahead and say this is not one of them. Uh, I'm gonna but if you mark your mood as sad, it like gives you an option to be like SOS. And it's like, oh, for the different like breathing activities and stuff that you can do. Yeah, but it gives you an SOS option, which is uh, a sad bitch button. I'm bringing, okay. So I'm going to include this in a link just because it's super yeah, cute. Yeah, we're not sponsored. And like, obviously, you know, this is not for everyone and I'm not going to fault anyone for it. I wanted to try mindfulness a little bit. And I think that like, for me, this is the best way to do it. I do hate that it keeps trying to prompt me to do things with my parents. Yeah, mine does too. So I laugh because it'll be like, tell your dad you love him. And so I'll just look at his picture on my altar and be like, love you, dad. <laughs> mine is always my mom. Specifically, it is always mom. It's like, tell mom how much you love her. And it's like, no. <laughs> do you want me to scream into the ether i mean i can do that but right it's like no 
Also, guys, uh, buy merch so I can buy this uh, Coke spoon necklace and fill it with fun dip. <laughs> There's new stuff. There's definitely There's new, new stuff. stuff. Uh, I've worked very hard to add new stuff. Please buy merchandise so I can buy this Coke necklace and put fun dip in it. I promise I'll take pictures. <laughs> I'm like, let me look and make sure that we've got our, our thing on here. So if you go to Unfortunately Required Reading and you click our store or unfortunatelyrequiredreading.com, yes. you'll see our yes. Redbubble store. And then we also have a bookshop.org thing that we nobody ever updates. But um, yes. I should. Unfortunately, our, our shop for uh, Redbubble, it's yes. fantastic. I mean, I know that I'm kind of biased, but I've already bought stuff from it. Our number one seller is still the White Tears sticker. Which brings me so much joy. Which but yeah, by Mercurius. I'm celebrating this as a person who is melanin challenged, okay? I love that approach. It's like, I am lacking in melanin. You are correct. Uh, okay, so Tori, did we have to read this while we were in school? I'm going to speak for both of us as it is Black History Month. The answer is no and fuck you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're not wrong. No, I thought that if we read this in high school that like Texas would have had a shit fit. And keep in mind, I went to high school in California. We were pretty liberal, but this was still liberal for us. Yeah, I mean, I I also can't imagine, like, even though this movie was made for children, or I'm sorry, for teenagers, not for children. Please don't show this movie to, oh my God. Don't, don't show this to your 12-year-old. Please do not show this to actual children. Uh, which is funny because I did not watch this movie when it came out. I watched it when I was in high school this movie came out when I was a child so it was like on rerun somewhere in like the 2000s and that's how I saw it because this movie came out when I was nine years old there's a box somewhere in our house that has a VHS copy of this that I watched with my friends in my house in my bedroom we also watched Hedwig and the Angry Inch so if that tells you anything about the stuff we were watching while we were hanging out where my mom was like do whatever you want to see in a little bit like Okay, but two things that we need to talk about uh, Cruel Intentions of the movie before we wrap up. One, every single cover to this movie is exceedingly horny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Michelle Gellar's tits look amazing. They always look amazing. Like, it's not fair. Okay, two, fair. that lesbian kiss between her and Selma Blair. I don't think it's enough credit I don't think you will talk about it enough, but iconic, life-changing, literally never the same. Uh, tangent, Selma, uh, sorry, Sarah Michelle Geller on the cover with a corset and like a chemise and Ryan Philippi's hand on her waist, looking at her and or her cleavage interchangeably. Fuck me running, let's go. This is the hottest movie that has no business existing. And critics hate it. <laughs> it was one of those movies strat. that like, if you weren't completely convinced that you were bisexual before, by the time you were done, you were like, oh, that's the weird feeling in my pants. Well, and like, I didn't think that I was bisexual. And then I watched a little movie called The Spirit, which had Ava Mendez in it. Oh yeah. And I looked at Ava Mendez and I was like, yes. 
I got then, to see Ava Mendez's bare ass. And I was like, yes, please. And then I rewatched Cruel Intentions and was like, ah, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that. Uh, so we didn't have to read this in school. Tori, I selected for us a book that I think neither of us are going to be happy about just because it's a sad book. So we're going to be reading If Beale Street Could Talk by James Baldwin. We've yes. talked about Mr. Baldwin before. Um, we have. Mostly because if you want to see a badass incarnate, um, you talk about James Baldwin. Um, Correct. Who not only endured racism but also endured the fact that he was gay and uh had a lot of shit go down on both sides um and still kept talking and still kept fighting which yeah right like um, very correct so we're going to be reading if bill street could talk um mm-hmm. i'm actually looking for it already at the library because i have an app and we there's also it. a wow. pretty famous movie about it uh so this is not just a black book but there are some romantic elements. So we still get to fit the theme of February, but also Black History Month. Uh, I was going to have us read more Toni Morrison, but I didn't want to be that sad. Yeah, especially because we were so excited about St. Toni Morrison when we read it. And then shortly after she passed away, we were like, no, we can never do that again. Like I'm still watching like Twitter to make sure that Neil Gaiman hasn't died okay like I don't think he can die I think he just like ascends somewhere I think he just like Asgard after he passed right like he just he just floats up somewhere I don't even know I think it's just like an ethereal plane that he goes to but uh I had a lovely time talking about this very very bad book I did too and I'm so glad that you weren't like in love with it because I was so worried that we were going to start and you're going to be like this is my favorite book of all time no how dare you and I'm sitting there going I don't I don't I want to just like take Cecile away and like hide her in my house and like be like baby girl you're better than this stay away from this dick bag yeah no I mostly just like cruel intentions uh <laughs> I do not like this uh, but I'm mostly just like cruel intentions. If it is a shock to any of you uh, that we both love cruel intentions, you have not been listening for. A <laughs> you haven't been listening to us for three years. <laughs> yeah, if it is a shock to you that any of us, that either of us, absolutely fucking love cruel intentions, then you have not been listening hard enough. Uh. Okay, Tori, where can the good people find us? We are all over social media because, of course, we are more millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at Unfortunately Required Reading on Facebook, Unfortunately RR on Twitter, Unfortunately mm-hmm. Required on Instagram, UnfortunatelyRequiredReading.com if you just want to go to one place. Mm-hmm. Our Redbubble store is linked from there so you don't have to remember a bunch of stuff. Accurate. Um, and if you want to email us uh, with a funny story, talk about a suggestion for the podcast that you don't really feel mm-hmm. comfortable saying on Twitter or whatever, um, mm-hmm. you can email us at unfortunately required reading at gmail.com. Correct. Uh, guys, I know that we expressed some pandemic uh, on we. However, uh, the pandemic is not over just because you're over it. If you are not vaccinated, we heavily encourage you to get vaccinated. Think of it as your Black History Month offering. And if you cite the name of the Tuskegee studies, not get vaccinated, 
Please just know that personally, I am angry and disappointed in you, and I will be sending falcons your way shortly. I'm so excited about you sending falcons to people. Uh, it's going to happen. I have a fucking rose gold crown on my headset, which is also RGB LED. It's pretty amazing. Like, I, I'm kind of just watching in awe of Amanda's full aura right now. Yeah, it's a lot of RGB LED right now. I kind of drank the Kool-Aid on uh, being an e-girl. Uh, so this is where we thank our very, very humble uh, and important to us patrons. Thank you so much for giving us money. Uh, it helps keep the metaphorical and physical lights on, especially now that we have a solution to why Stripe wasn't giving us money. Mm-hmm. Which I still need to call in and be like, here's the real card. Stop fighting me. It's okay. Um, uh, but yeah, if you'd like to join them, you may do so at uh, anchor.fm slash unfortunately required reading. Uh, we appreciate it. It is actually uh, very appreciated. It is super appreciated. And um, also we, we love Baron Von Cheeseplate, but that's a whole other story. I would love Baron Von Cheeseplate even if he, he didn't donate. But yes, but we love him more because of his money. <laughs> I just like the fact that he has us read things like Sir Gawain. Anyway, um, there was actually a, a Ted Ed video about Sir Gawain. I was like, you guys would do this after we already recorded the episode. What's hilarious is over the past few months since we recorded that, I have heard so many references to it. And maybe it's because I've been reading a lot more about Welsh culture. Maybe it's because I've been reading more about pagan gods. But like going through it, I'm like, wait a minute. I know this story basically by heart now. And it's uh, it's pretty great. It's pretty great to be like, well, really, he had the option to hit him with the holly branch, but he chose the, you know, the other thing instead. He used the axe instead. So really, like, being a dick about it, it's super fun. Um, Sorry, you're such a nerd. Never change. Uh, I, I can't at this point. I I'm know, 37. Mood. It's unlikely. Mood, same, relatable. Uh, so yeah, be careful out there. Stay safe. Uh, get vaccinated if you haven't gotten vaccinated wear your masks inside uh omicron is still a thing buy merchandise so i can buy the stupid necklace <laughs> because i need it more than anything nemo because just ran otherwise we were gonna uh, have another nemo sighting but the cat ran away but uh so yeah i'll take care of yourselves be safe out there Bye. Bye.